Okay, okay. Well, welcome. Welcome back to Unapologetically Black Unicorns. And as per usual, I have a fantastic, fantastic guest, somebody who I've met recently and was literally blown away. And and here's another young person. All these young people, I'm so excited. It makes me feel young. And I would like Farja to introduce herself. So please introduce yourself because you know I don't do bios. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Karis, for having me. This is just amazing, amazing platform. I'm so happy to be here. So my name is Fajra Delane. I literally lived so many different places. Both of my parents were born in California. I was born in D.C. They went to Howard. And then we went back to California, lived in internationally Southeast Asia for a while, came back to California, Georgia. But I went to college at Howard, like my parents. And then, Mm -hmm. um, yes, H-U, you know. And um, in the pandemic, I moved up to New York. And then I moved back down to Georgia. And then I'm currently pursuing my master's program in Georgia. And I am CEO of Fun, Fit, and Fabulous, which is a health and wellness program that I started while I was in high school. And it's basically a motivational platform to help girls live a balanced life mentally, spiritually, physically. It's just something I'm just really passionate about. And I wish I had something like that when I was growing up. So it's Fantastic. a lost project. <laughs> well, that, that's it. You, it's, it's the heart work, H-E-A-R-T. Even though it may be hard work, you're doing it for the passion in the heart. And I keep asking myself, what kind of schlump was I at 18? <laughs> Is that you're, you know, another high schooler that started kind of an organization. And, you know, I was kind of just trying to figure out how to exist day to day. But, um, <laughs> you know, I just think it's so amazing the work that, um, you know, you've been doing and this idea of fun, fit and fabulous. When you said you wanted that as a high schooler, like what were you looking for as a, as a young person that wasn't there for you? And and why was that important? I'm so glad you asked that. I think, you know, growing up, there were so many different changes I had to go through, just like how you said, uh, just so many places I've lived. And I think also too, even in my household, it's really funny because I have a lot of boys in my house. So I just, God bless. I had a sister. My mom had gave birth to sister at some point, but it's me. It's more male dominated up in here. So I didn't have Mm -hmm. an older sister to kind of look up to. And we're all human beings. We go through stuff, but it was just kind of maybe having an older sister, some tips that I could have like learned that I didn't know, you know? So I think that what I was just kind of looking for was maybe just confirmation that I was on the right track. And if the things that I was, what I was doing was normal, or like kind of just what we all go through in middle school and high school, or am I just on this treacherous, weird journey, <laughs> you know? So mm-hmm. just more of that confirmation, because I feel like middle school, high school in those ages, like there's a lot of transitions. You have hormones going, friend drama, you know, you're trying to find yourself. So it's kind of easy to get lost in the sauce. So, um, but I'm, I'm thankful that I kind of like locked in at those times to kind of, you know, tap into my best self. And when I did that, you know, I got to see a lot of good seeds being planted in being fruited out. So that's when I was just like, oh, this actually works. So I didn't know if I was going the right direction, but when I saw I was going the right direction, I'm like, okay, let me tell more girls, you know, Mm, there are, mm -hmm. they are right. And whatever goals they do have, they can pursue it. And it's okay to have goals. It's okay to, you know, feel what you feel. And I just wanted to give that encouragement that they're not by themselves. 
That's amazing. Cause I, you know, first of all, I'm a global nomad as well, meaning, you know, we moved every three years because my father was in the military. And so this idea of being here and then being there and it's like, oh no, I got to make new friends and be over there. And, you know, some of our time also was overseas. I don't know where you were in Asia, but I was in um, Korea. And so, um, you know, living in a completely different, well, I was also born in a different country. So, you know, but anyway, where was that? Where was uh, it? Yeah. Germany, Bremerhaven. Germany. Germany. Okay. Okay. So, international. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like you have that kind of experience and people call mm-hmm. that, um, you know, growing up, I was called an army brat and I kept thinking, mm. what's so bratty about picking up and moving every three years and having mm. to make new friends and sometimes not being anywhere near your family. Also kind of, you know, I have a sibling, I have one brother. And when you're moving around a lot, it's kind of like, I have my brother, my father and my mom. <laughs> And sometimes during those, like you said, um, junior high and high school years, those are the quote unquote awkward years. You know, we're all awkward, but we all think we're the only one who's awkward. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I like the idea that you were, you know, kind of seeking out how to place what you were experiencing as something that was more kind of like, oh, are other people going through this? Just checking in and helping other girls realize, yeah, we're all being awkward together, by the way. So right. <laughs> yeah. So what does what do you do with Fun Fit Fabulous? So what I've done in the past, um, I it's a combination of things. I first started off doing a camp. So I got the girls in my communities together and we had an all day camp that consisted of starting the day off with yoga. Um, I had partnered with the University of Georgia with their health and nutrition program. So I had a nutrition um, major come and just explain what was the back in the back of foods, like what does that mean, that breakdown, as well as the SNAP-Ed program who demonstrated healthy food snack, which was really cool. So um, we did vision boards as well. So um, I would go to my local boutiques, grab some clothes for the girls for the day. The community was so nice and beautiful. They let me rent the clothes for the day and return it when I was done. But I wanted the girls to feel like, you know, they had some cool clothes to choose from for the event itself. And um, after we do like this internal healing, you know, feeling good yoga and putting good stuff in our body. So I call that the fun fit part in the vision. Where do we see ourselves five years from now? Do we want to go to college? Do we want to be in cosmetology? Do we want to be a model? I don't know. Whatever that is, just dream big. And after we do all that internal planning and love, I say the fabulous part. So at the camp itself, I had a fashion show. So after we did all that by ourselves, I invited the parents and I went to Party City. So this is me. The first time I did this was in junior and high school. So girl, I barely had a lot of resources. So I went to Party City and I had got like a pink carpet, like a red, but a pink carpet so the girls can <laughs> strength themselves on the runway. And it all ended up working out. So the girls got to pick from the boutique clothes that I had picked out for them and or they can bring their best dress so either way they put that on so the girls came in shy but by the time it was time for the fashion show they left like Tyra Banks like Tyra Banks would be very proud like mm-hmm. they were so much more confident and the parents were just like who's this girl like this wasn't the girl that walked in this morning so it was just so great just to see the positive transformation just the, the representation like I was basically saying, I see you, I'm from the community and you are a great light. And sometimes you just need to get that encouragement to get it out. Yeah. 
Yep. I um, really love hearing about this, especially for, and how, how old were the girls? Like what was the age range? At the time it was like seven or 14, the first camp I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They were so small. Yeah. So they first started (laughs) off very small. Um, But as I progressed and got older, I definitely am more flexible with my age group. So now it's to all girls and women, but I was young at the time, you know, I didn't have too much expertise of life, like to Mm -hmm. educate other people. Mm -hmm. So um, the more older I got, I had my website and then I also went to college and my sophomore year in college, I got invited to South Africa. So um, with TDR Brands International and um, she's from the, she went to University of Georgia, but she, one of my mentors knows her and she knows Oprah and stuff like that. And it was amazing. So she needed an ambassador for her program. So she heard about my program through my mentor. And this was my opportunity to take my program international. So she heard wow. what I was doing. This was a great opportunity. So I wanted the girls to go home with something. So yes, I was going to incorporate what my camps kind of look like in South Africa, but I wanted them to go home with something that they could work on my leave and I had came up with a journal for them so that was really good it was just kind of showing a description of like a scenario in my life and like listing out certain goals or you know a daily journal they can like keep up to date with so that was an amazing experience and as time went on social media continued to grow so I've been doing like you know just evolving a little bit you know putting myself in different scenarios seeing what's working Um, But I'm still in school. So that's been kind of like hard trying to balance. So it's like I put it I can put what I can to it. But then as like have to balance all this other stuff I got to do. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So that's where it's at right now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, I've been having conversations, you know, with so many people about what they do. And I'm realizing I should start asking not only what is it that you do, meaning kind of like the fun, fit, fabulous and helping other people. I should also ask. And how are you, how do you do your own self-care? How do you balance all of this? You know, you're a student, you know, you, you have this thing going on. So where is there time for you and how do you make that time? Thank you so much for asking that, you know, it's a journey, you know, I think that there is times where I can't give so much to myself just with the demands of life. But when I do find those pockets of times, I try to be very intentional about re-energizing myself and recharging myself. So um, this is actually a very delicate time for me. Um, I'm on winter break, so I get a break from school. So it's just really great that I'm planning on using these days to, you know, really just sit back, relax, get some hot cocoa, binge watch some movies, and I'm just going to soak it mm-hmm. all in because I can't okay. do that all the time, all seasonal. So I think it's so important that I find time for myself, but I do see myself like not being able to give to myself all the time as much mm-hmm. as I would like to. But I think when I do find those pockets of time, I do try to be intentional. So it's yeah. been tough when I'm in squat. I am not going to lie to you on here. It is pretty tough to give myself time when I am in the semester because it's very demanding, especially right now in my grad school program. But mm-hmm. I do like, hey, if there's a day or two, um, maybe in a couple of weeks, like I try to just do nothing. I will, you know, and I try to give myself yeah. a day off, but it's been tough this this semester. But I'm hoping next semester I can like, give more 
time to myself but yeah definitely yeah. this winter break this is the definitely a recharge for me yeah for sure <laughs> you know when you were at the summit i was um impressed with something that i was like okay how is she finding time to do this um <laughs> which is um <laughs> you you gave such a wonderful um showcasing what you were doing on instagram yes. yeah i was oh, yeah yes. i saw it I saw it. And I was okay. like, hey, actually, I didn't see it. Somebody else, somebody else saw it. And they were like, uh, yeah, she's showing like the hotel and she's showing kind of like where this is and she's showing this. And I was like, what, what are you all talking about? Right. You know, <laughs> old me kind of goes into Instagram, you know, they, they show me and I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. So um, I'm always like, I'm horrible with keeping up on my social media. And I think social media, again, this is another conversation I have with someone else. There's, there's sort of the negative stuff of trying to look at it and compare yourself to others, or maybe, uh, you know, kind of just the doom scrolling where you're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. But, you know, when you're using it the way that you're using it to show people like what you're doing and the impact you're making, how do you find time to do that? <laughs> and like where, I mean, it looks fun, first of all. So I'm hoping that that maybe is even a self-care thing to do something creative <laughs> and fun, right? I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm glad you asked that. Okay, so it's funny. This is my second time around, like I said, on the school thing, right? So the first time I was at Howard, I did, there was things I had posted. Whatever. I never started a YouTube channel. So when I had took a break before getting this grad school um, program, I had started a YouTube channel. And this one, I was just working, purely working. And this time I was like, man, I wish I had some type of footage or videos of some things I was doing in college because they were really dynamic, but I didn't really, I mean, I captured some photos, but I never really did the video type of thing. And I just thought too, like, I, how could I do that? My time is literally so jam-packed like anytime I use is going to be you know detrimental to my grades like I don't know <laughs> like you know you're just thinking very mm -hmm. extreme but this time around I realized I do have time I have to make time for it and you know kind of work around it so it's kind of been a goal of mine to spread this good information especially when it's you know, beneficial. And what I would did that weekend, I just felt like more people should know about it. So that was our mental health summit in DC at the Kennedy Center. And I just felt like a lot of my platform, I know a lot of people, you know, dealing with this, and I just felt like it had to be out. So really, what I did was, I was capturing, I had to be intentional. So I decided to do a reel. So basically when I was going, I was just capturing little videos and I kind of thought to myself, I'll put it all together and just do a voiceover. I didn't know how it was going to come out, but I was just like, let me just make sure I capture these moments. So I honestly, there is a part of me that loves sharing information or, you know, giving updates here mm. and there. Yeah. And I think, you know, as I'm, as I'm, you know, talking to you and, and learning more about the things that you've done, there's something important about representation, you know, and that's what I talk a lot about on the podcast too. Like people can't see us, they can only hear our voices. So, but at the end of the day, you know, this is called unapologetically black unicorns for a reason, <laughs> um, because it really is about the representation primarily of black and brown people. And of course, other folks who are doing incredibly interesting things where, you know, you might not imagine you could ever do that. And as I was, I think reading, maybe it was on your LinkedIn page. I can't remember. I saw something about hijab fest and I thought, wait a minute, what, this is amazing. What is this? How come I don't know about this? Why have we not talked about this other than the fact we're just getting to know each other. So talk <laughs> a little bit about what that is. Okay. Yes. I totally agree with, you know, representation. And at that time I was a 
also, you know, actually now that I think about it, my sophomore year in college was definitely a big one. Cause that's the, at the, right when I had took my last final, I went to South Africa, but this for my program, um, but this was that February or January of that sophomore year. And this was something that, you know, basically of what you just said, representation. I was on a talk show in Virginia interning and Rihanna came out with Fancy Beauty. Halimi Aiden, who is a model, that's a hijabi model, was on there. And just that discussion, you know, got to the Muslim dean at Howard and she was just like, you know, I think this is a good idea. Like, you're so passionate about it. Can we get her here? So she was like, I think you should go on this project, figure something out. And I'm like, me, what, how, okay, ah. And then I knew I wanted to do something for Howard at least one of my years. So I was like, this is gonna be my main project. My school schedule was just so rigorous, but I'm like, I'm gonna carve this time out to make a Howard thing and then I could be done, right? Like I can mm -hmm. just live my life as a regular student. So um, I spent the whole winter break um, contacting other black Muslim influencers at the time or like people doing big things so we had Ibtaj Muhammad she did fencing she was an Olympic I think medalist and then um, we had Halima Aiden who was a model then Ayana Ife she was on Project Runway and basically this was so great because these girls were speaking at different places in the United States separately like at Princeton different stuff, but nobody brings them all together. And Howard was such mm -hmm. a great platform because it is a black university. So people won't be like, why don't you have so-and-so who's not black here? You know, you were able to do something like that at Howard because we were a black school and we did want to show that black representation. So that was just something that was so, so great. I learned a lot of skills about, you know, contacting, setting flights, you know, I had to talk to the contractors of these people and just getting them here. But it was such a dynamic event, not only people in the DC area, people were coming from Philly, Atlanta, Georgia, um, some people, vendors mm. wanted to come from overseas. Okay, we had Saudi Arabia, wow. we had the whole Middle East trying to come. So I think we got some people overseas as well. But it ended up becoming bigger than what you imagine. And how you can hear about it through my LinkedIn was because a New York brand, um, Me Feeder, which is a black, you know, what's going on in the black culture world um, right. type mm -hmm. of thing. And they contacted us. One of the girls was going to Howard, who was a writer for them. And she was like, we want to get on this story, you know? So <laughs> how did you guys start it? What's the staff? So, you know, so we got to do interviews from the staff and then the event itself. And it was just amazing success. So that was something that was so beautiful. So me and the girl who, me and the dean, we kind of came back to Juma, which is like our prayer session on Friday. We're like, this thing is getting bigger than what we ever thought, but oh Lord, uh, like help yeah. us through it, you know? So it just kind of like became its own thing. And um, it was so successful and I was so thankful, but it was really just for the community um, representing like these great girls who were doing great things in the world. And it was just like, we just want to come back and honor you in our communities. And that was something that I'm glad I followed through with it. But yeah, it was mm -hmm. the first one I had I led and I had staff. Um, I was really working all winter break and then made sure my staff was, you know, on cue for like, you know, being there for the vendors and things like that. So I had a good support system as well. Yeah. You know, I like to talk about these things because there are many times where I think people have ideas of something they want to do, but they don't know how to do it or they're afraid to do it or they don't think they can do it. Um, and so they don't. 
And then they talk about, well, I wish I had, you know, kind of thing. So when I asked you about this uh, initially, when I saw it, I wanted to ask you about it. It was really for that reason so that people can see that you can have an idea and you can make it come to fruition. And of course, you're not doing it alone. Um, you know, it's it's great that you had the support from the dean. You know, find that person who's going to support you. When you when you um, came also to the mental health summit, you know, you were talking about struggles of people that you like, students, you know, other people that you know. I remember correctly, it was somebody that you you knew uh, maybe who had ended their life by suicide. Correct me if I'm wrong. We can back That's into correct. that. And mm-hmm. yeah, and that the question you know that comes up is. As students, as families, uh, as families, as friends, what is it that we can do? And that was something that was of concern for you. Like, what is it that you could do? What is it that you could learn? Or what is it that you could share with others? So we know how to be a friend or a supporter to someone. Yes, yes. That happened for me. It like really registered or like kind of the terminology coming to fruition was around that time. But yeah, a good friend of mine in middle school, we became good friends and I had moved. So you know me, you know, I already told you the problem. And that's what I'm saying. I had a lot of mental stuff. I'm like, could I have been a better friend? And, you know, um, there was a lot of stuff that I could have like beat myself up about it because I moved and I was like, well, I'm not going to see him and I'm under my parents and we're not going to go back to the same state. So maybe I should like, don't, stay in communication because he's like has all these other friends you know I was like oh my gosh was I a bad friend because when I had moved this time I was like what's the point of me staying in contact with people over there because they're not going to see me right now and you know so but it was a really good friend of mine so honestly he was a really good person and very smart very intelligent I already knew he was going to go to probably a big college And it was something nobody expected. So he was, you know, somebody who was kind of like the leader of the pack, him and his friend group, like, you know, always funny, always full of life and kind of led the crowd. So that was another trigger for me because I was like the last person I would have, you know, thought, but sometimes that may be a very clear sign. Right. So just even understanding these things where you can kind of just like, oh, that person's never. And then it's like, actually maybe you need to be aware about those people, you know? So, right, right. and mm-hmm. I would say also too, in my family, the terminology of mental health has not even really been talked about. And it's like crazy because mm-hmm. I'm so glad I'm in these spaces and knowing these things, but it's like, I've seen a lot of basically mental health issues, maybe probably within any family you can tell, but you don't know how to terminate. You're just like, oh, my family's right. crazy. Or like, you, you may yeah. say like, we do yeah. this and it just, whatever and it's actually like oh it's a condition and we need to you know be aware of these things so that was definitely one of the big impacts for me and honestly since then I've encountered certain things that the mental health issue has definitely been heightened and also too I'm also reflecting with myself in my own healing journey with that I'm going through how is my mental health and how has Mm -hmm. certain things in my childhood impacted me it's definitely allowed me to have a broader spectrum even looking at myself and my community and those around me and my family and friends to really you know start the conversation and if something's bothering them know that I'm here and know that I want you to get better but life is pretty hard you know and it could really happen to any of us and that's what makes it just so much more real because sometimes when the lights go off and everybody leaves like you may be going through it mentally and people just don't know so yeah it's really something that I feel like we need to be a little bit more resourceful more kinder 
Yeah. And I can't thank you enough for saying, you know, um, start the conversation. I think that's such a powerful message. And I was talking to someone because um, it's kind of like, you know, I've been doing this work for older than, uh, longer than you've been alive probably now. Oh my God, I'm so old. Um, okay, so, so never mind. We're, gonna, we're not going to, yeah, thank <laughs> you. Make That's me feel good. good about that. Say something positive. But, <laughs> <Yes>. um, but, <laughs> woo. but, but really, I think it's, it's sometimes it's like, we know what we're supposed to do. We know how we're supposed to do it. Yet I think there needs to be this reminder. And I remind, you know, my friends when I'm asking, are you okay? Or how are you? I really want to know, how are you? Mm. I'm not asking because it's the thing that you're supposed to do when you greet someone, sort of like a script. Mm. Hi, how are you? Right. How are you? I'm okay. And then you move on. No, I. it's kind of like, no, let's slow down. I really want to know how you are. How are you? Mm. Um, how's your heart? How are you feeling? So basically, I really want to know, like, how are you? Like, yes. they're saying it because they're concerned. They're saying mm-hmm. it because they care. They're not trying to get yeah. up in your business, you know, in yeah. your business. BID, right. Business. Right. They're not trying to business. get up in that. <laughs> mm-hmm. they're, it's, they're saying it because they really care. So if that's yes. not what you want people to do, what is it that you would like people to do during that time? Um, mm. And what can you do just to kind of plug in for half a second and say, you know, send a, a wavy hand just to know that, you know, you're there and you're kind of okay. So I think you're, you're right about kind of um, starting the conversation figuring out what might be supportive to people um, because everybody has a different way of wanting to interact and talk about their feelings. And of course we probably should at this point, I think appropriately. So, you know, when we talk about people ending their own life that we should talk about 988 and using the suicide prevention lifeline, which is the 988 number. There's also um, for LGBTQ, there's um, Trevor project. There's so many different resources out there and, uh, you know, we encourage folks to reach out because there are people there that care and want to support you um, in your healing journey. So now we're going to move on to what do you hope to accomplish or what do you what do you hope to happen as far as like, like either mental health policy, youth mental health, mental health in college, any of those things and how will your work intersect with any of that, do you think? So, yes, with my program, you know, Fun Fit Fabulous, I definitely, you know, want the girls to be aware that it's okay. It's okay to have a good day, not a good day, you know, know that you're still valued with your greatness and your mistakes. It's all part of life, you know. So, just understanding that sometimes you can either beat yourself up if you're maybe a perfectionist or somebody who's not a perfectionist and feels like everything's high reaching, like just kind of balancing it out to say like, Hey, this is normal. It's okay to have some great successes, some failures. It's all part of the life journey. So I feel like in a way, the way it's intersecting and necessarily these policies is really just kind of reforming our mindsets as humans, right. To first Mm. understanding we are all kind of going through something like this, right? And then in regards to this mental health, even when it comes to this resources, some of the difficulties I've had 
recently when I went on my healing journey, I'm in school, right? And at the time I was just working a regular store job part-time when I had enrolled back into school because it was my first semester. I'm like, I don't know how to handle this. I, I, you know, it may need all my time. I'm a full-time grad student. So I just need to pick up something that's just kind of like regular on the side. And I wanted to seek out therapy just for myself on my own healing journey. And with that, it was really great. Um, I had got a good therapist and it was going good. And I had my mom's insurance. So she was like, with this, you only pay this amount for the membership. You don't have to pay nothing else. And I told her I'm a grad student. So I don't have a lot of expenses that can just go out. So I was Mm -hmm. wondering, should I just wait till I finish school, then enroll in here so I can be able to afford this, you know, but she was like, no, 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 I know you're in school, but you just have to pay the membership rate and nothing else. So I had started my therapy sessions and stuff like that. I paid the monthly, but then I get a bill that was like way higher than just the membership. And I'm like, you know, you guys told me I only had to pay the membership. And she was like, well, based off your insurance, it does kick in, but actually you got approved for 80%. And so you have a 20%, you have a still cover, but you have to first meet the deductible, which is coming out of your pocket till you meet the deductible. I never had, like, this is my brand new information, right? Brand new information that, Mm. like I said, nobody in my family has ever went to therapy that I know. Okay, so I'm the first person. Nobody told me about the insurance, the deductible, paying out of nothing. So I'm like, well, you know, nobody informed me about this information. You know, well, we assume that the client should know this by themselves. That's what they had told me. And I just felt so heartbroken because here I was, you know, it takes so much to even say, hey, you know, I want to seek out help. And then you seek out help. It's like you're paying all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I can't. I'm in the position right now. I'm not in the best position to be putting this money out. So I'm seeing the equity level that even those, the people that need help sometimes are coming from communities or circumstances, whether you're a college student or you're from a poverty area, or you're just trying to make ends meet, or you're trying to get yourself afloat. It may be unreasonable expense that can come up. So people will be like, well, I know I want some therapy, but I'll push it off. So that's something that I got to see in policies of how can we make it more affordable and easier for those that are seeking out help. Like I really wanted to somehow be free, but of course paying the people, maybe the government or something for their work. But I just feel like there's so many people who need help but like they think financially, like it's just not in my expense right now. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I do see. But then also too, just coming from where I was coming from, the education of just knowing what mental health is. Like mm. I'm realizing, like I said, in my family, there's a lot of things that, you know, it would be good if we had some type of counseling or therapy and stuff, but just never kind of happened. And the summit, I was in the prevention and intervention group. And we basically said schools K through 12 will definitely part of the curriculum know about mental health. Teachers and stuff will be abreast to aid in some kind of way. But I think just having that conversation, because I think that if some people think it's very severe when you're talking about mental health and therapy, but there is severe cases, but there is maybe somebody you think, oh, they're fine. They're doing this. They're doing that. and they're, But they may still be going through stuff. So just having that broad spectrum of education, that mental health looks so many different ways. And you may not always have to be in a crisis to get it or to talk about it. So I've definitely experienced a sense of helplessness just because I just didn't know and nobody in my community was talking about it. 
And, um, but now the conversation's getting started. So that's just what I would want to add in the equity, equity and financial equity. And I, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for talking about the expectation that somehow miraculously people know how insurance works. And so it was almost a little, it sounded a little bit like a, I'm going to use a term that's probably not right here, but when somebody says one thing, but then gives you another, so it feels a bit like a a bait and switch, like, oh yeah, you only have to pay this for your copay, but then suddenly you get a bill because there's this thing called a deductible that they assumed you knew about, but you didn't. I mean, yes, that's horrible. I didn't, I didn't know. And that's yeah. the thing. I'm like, how was I supposed to know? But then as like, I talked to regular people like, oh yeah, that's a normal thing. And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I didn't know. Right, it's my first right. time. So. so we are coming to that point where you have dropped tons of wisdom. <laughs> Any last piece of wisdom? I call this the wisdom dropping. Any last piece of wisdom you'd like to drop for our audience? I would say all that you are is within you. And from this conversation is, I would say sometimes I had doubted myself, but it ended up being so miraculous. So, you know, that's something I definitely would want to share that even if you're nervous about something, it's new, even if it doesn't work out, it's good that you tried, you know, because you learn so much from that. Like they say, shoot for the moon. It's okay if you don't make it, you land amongst the stars. And I think that's just really what life has taught me that it definitely got me to another level by just trying. So that is something that I think I would want to leave you guys with today. And I just want to say thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I love what you're doing here and I wish you all the success and I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much. And wonderful piece of wisdom for all of us. I am certainly going to take that to heart. And um, thank you. Thank you for joining us and giving us of your time during your break when you should be resting, recuperating, doing whatever (laughs) people do on a vacation. I don't even understand that yet. I'm still learning. But thank you. Thank you for um, sharing your time and your wisdom with us today. Of course. Thank you so much. And uh, for our listeners, y'all know what to do. I, I give you the runaround around subscribe, like, comment. But most importantly, I I think it's just so important to share these conversations with other people who need to hear them. I think that's the most important thing. So please do share and please do join us next week on Unapologetically Black Unicorns.